The following program is being brought to you on the Voice America Business Channel. For more information about our network and to check our additional show hosts and topics of interest, please visit voiceamericabusiness.com. The Voice America Talk Radio Network is the worldwide leader in live Internet talk radio. Visit voiceamerica.com. The views and ideas expressed on the following program are strictly those of the host or guests and do not necessarily reflect the views and ideas held by the Voice America Talk Radio Network, its staff, and management. Welcome to a very refreshing hour of business talk. This is the future of the future with Game Changers, presented by SAP. The best-run businesses run SAP. You'll hear from the innovators who know how to use game-changing technologies and business strategies to transform industries. And importantly, they'll discuss how these technologies and strategies can shake up the status quo in your company's future and help your organization move in exciting new directions. Now, here's your host and moderator, Bonnie D. Graham. Welcome, 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 and if you want to run with the Game Changers on this Valentine's Day 2017, welcome, welcome, welcome. We're happy to have you on board. Let's see what the buzz on the street is. Well, it's kind of serious today. In God we trust, all others must bring data. Yes, I know you've heard that a million times. It's from W. Edwards Deming, who lived from 1900 to 1993, American engineer, statistician, professor, author, lecturer, and management consultant, and he's very well known for his bon mot, his work. Words of wisdom, and we're going to just start off with that. So what are we talking about? Many large enterprises today are using data and analytics to boost their bottom line. Okay, they're all on board. They think it's great. But not everybody is a mature analytics practitioner. Let me just put that phrase out there. We're talking to the less mature analytics practitioners. What's happening in their story? Well, they're experiencing some breakdowns at key stages of the business initiative process, starting from when they identify new business opportunities and model ways to act on insights to measuring the outcomes of their data-driven strategies. It may sound like a whole ball of wax to you. We're going to explain it and break it down for you. Even if you are a mature practitioner of analytics, you might really, really benefit from what we're going to talk about today. There are incentives to doing it the right way, such as you may see up to a 15% gain in your operating margins and revenues, and you could increase your risk profile improvement. You could improve it. So how can your organization achieve better analytics outcomes? That's what we're talking about today. Our topic is Think Globally, Act Locally, Five-Step Formula for Analytics Success. Let me tell you who's on the panel, and then we'll start talking to them in a moment. First up, in about, well, about 45 seconds, I'll be introducing our first panelist. He is Saj Usman. He is America's Advisory Analytics Leader at EY, Ernst & Young. Shout out to all of our good friends at Ernst & Young. Joining him on the panel is is Bruce Rogers. His middle initial is H, but he said I could just call him Bruce because we're good friends by now. He's the Chief Insights Officer for Forbes Media. Shout out to our friends at Forbes. And rounding out the panel is Jane Landry, Global Vice President and General Manager for Business Intelligence at SAP. So, Saj Usman has sent me a quote from the world of sports, specifically baseball. You've all heard of Babe Ruth. Full name George Herman Babe Ruth, 1895 to 1948, was an American professional baseball player whose career in MLB, that's Major League Baseball, spanned 22 seasons from 1914 to 35. He was nicknamed the Bambino and the Sultan of Swat. I didn't say sweat, I said Swat. He's one of the greatest sports heroes in American culture, considered to be the greatest baseball player of all time. Here's the quote. 
and it's a good one. And Saj is going to explain how it relates to our topic. Here's Babe Ruth said, yesterday's home runs don't win today's games. Saj Usman, welcome to Game Changers. How are you? I'm great. Thanks, Bonnie, and thanks for having me on. What a great honor. We are, we're honored to have you as well. Always happy to have EY on the show. Saj, talk to me. Are you a big baseball fan? Do you remember I some am. of the... I am. Uh, I'm a big sports fan. I grew up playing sports, watching sports. Um, really grew up, uh, specifically New York sports. For those of you not from New York, I'm sorry. Well, I, But I live in Boston these <laughs> days anyway, so it's, uh, it gets a little confusing at times. <laughs> um, but you know, my my view on uh, on this quote is is particularly apropos to to the topic. Um, you know, sports played a strong foundation. Specifically, team sports played a strong foundation in my development, uh, and, and has shaped my professional biases. Um, what this quote really says to me is, it's really about not resting on your laurels. Uh, while past success hope helps open some doors and gets you some at bats, as the case may be, you need to reprove yourself every day. Uh, this means learning. This means learning from what you did, learning from what others are doing, studying what others are doing, uh, studying your component, your opponent. Uh, and and you know, in baseball, you can adjust your stance, you can adjust your bat swing, you can adjust your bat, you can adjust a number of different things. You can adjust. Uh, in our world today, uh, it's really about understanding what's happening in the market, what's happening in your business. Uh, studying your competitors, using that data, that insight, that analysis uh, to retool yourself um, as a company and as individuals, uh, learning new tools, new concepts, uh, gain, to, to, to gain that competitive advantage, stay one step ahead, and hit that home run every day. I think you covered it all. I have a question for you, Saj. In my opening, I mentioned that we were addressing less mature analytics practitioners and that I think that the large enterprises who are doing it well should also stick around and listen to you and to Bruce and to Jane because there is still a learning going on. Is this a a, a movable feast? Is this something that keeps on going, that it ramps up and there's new knowledge is needed? Apropos to your quote from Babe Ruth, Saj, is this something that they need to keep learning how to do better and better and better or well and well and well. Talk to me. Uh, absolutely. New learning every day. Technology is evolving. Demands are evolving. Uh, we're seeing the what some people call the democratization of data. Uh, you know, an, in, insights, data, analytics are becoming more and more readily available, um, becoming more accepted for everyone in the business, mature and less mature alike. Uh, the war for talent is still raging. Um, you know, there's a lot of response to that from the academic world and others. Um, there are new tools being developed, technologies being developed on, it almost seems, an hourly basis sometimes. Uh, staying on top of that, understanding how to bring all those things together uh, to help drive that through your business. I know we'll talk a bit about more about how to do that today. Uh, absolutely critical. So this is not just about people that don't know it. This is about the world continues to change every day. Thank you very much. Apt words of wisdom. I think for anybody in business, for everything, don't rest on your laurels. Thank you, Saj. Great quote from Babe Ruth. Now let's welcome Bruce H. Rogers. Bruce, I have to do it formally because I'm Bonnie D. Graham, so we're compadres. We both both have a visible middle initial. Bruce is the Chief Insights Officer for Forbes Media, and he has sent me a quote. This is the first time we've had a quote from Tupac. Anybody wondering, Tupac, what? Oh, come on. You couldn't have been born that far ago. Tupac Amaru Shaku. His original name. He was born Lazan 
parish crooks, interestingly enough, lived from 1971 to 1996. His stage names were Tupac, the numeral two PAC, Machiavelli, M-A-K-A-V-E-L-I, or just Pac. He was an American rapper, record producer, actor, and poet. And in case you don't know him, you should, because as of 2007, he sold over 75 million records worldwide. He's ranked 86th on the Rolling Stones list of the 100 greatest artists of all time. So here is a quote Bruce has selected from a song called Me Against the World. Google it. The lyrics are all there. But here's what he picked for our show today. The message I stress. This is Tupac talking, not calling, talking. The message I stress. Study your lessons. Don't settle for less. Even the genius asks his questions. Oh, I like that. Bruce Rogers, welcome. How are you? Hey, Bonnie D. It's a pleasure to be here. (laughs) You're sweet. So talk to me. Are you a big fan of Tupac Shakur? Um, I am a a recent convert, I have to say. Um, His lyrics are amazingly insightful and eloquent and um, really uh, depicted the human condition in ways that I would not have expected. So I'm a late comer to to the Tupac uh, fan club. So tell me about this particular quote. We're talking about analytics and the learning curve, as we talked about with uh, Saj just a second ago. Don't rest on your laurel. So how does this, are we still in this study mode? Is this another quote to add to that? Absolutely. So uh, the thing I like about it, I, I, I come from a world of research, and the whole sentiment here to me says um, you, you never know as much as you think, and we all, there all are issues that we can better understand through really understanding data and getting insights from that data. So um, really going against conventional, challenging conventional wisdom, always asking questions, even the smartest people in your company need to check their conventional wisdom through independent verification. Okay, very, very interesting. What about those, uh, the less mature? Is there anybody who's not on board the analytics bandwagon or the <laughs> analytics train who is listening and saying, what, analytics? What are they talking yeah. about? Is there anybody who's so new to this that they don't even know what the term means? Bruce, just a quick uh, observation. Yeah, no, I would say that um, it, it, on the one hand, data and analytics have been, you know, been around forever. Right? It's not like this is something new. Um, what is new is that they are now the, the fundamental drivers of competitive advantage and that there are companies who are digital and data natives. You know, think of companies like Uber and Netflix mm-hmm. and all the cliched companies of the new economy that you can think of that are highly successful and disruptive business models. They're basically data companies. Amazon, um, they, they take your data and they give it back to you in a service that you thank them for. And that is the difference. It is now the defining characteristic of successful companies. 
Thank you very much. Very interesting. And now let me welcome our third guest, Jane Landry, Global VP and General Manager for Business Intelligence at SAP. And Jane has picked a quote from Albert Einstein. We hear Einstein quotes all the time, Jane, but this one I don't think we've ever had on Game Changers Radio. And interestingly enough, I have to tell our listeners, when I ask our guests for their opening quotes, we don't all sit around in a room and go through a book of brainy quotes or famous quotes or anything like that. They come individually. They come independently to the show with their own ideas. And very rarely do we have three quotes that are almost exactly on the same theme. So the quote Jane has selected from the one and only German-born theoretical physicist Albert Einstein, best known in popular culture for his most famous equation in the world, E equals MC squared. Here's the quote. I have no special talent. I am only passionately curious. Jane Landry, welcome. How are you? I'm very well. Thanks so much, Bonnie. Thanks for joining us. So talk to me. I'm just so intrigued that you and Saj and Bruce have all picked quotes that pretty much say the same thing. So are you a big fan of Albert Einstein? Tell us. I am a huge fan of Albert Einstein. Uh, My husband is also a physicist. he uh, has it in his background. And Albert Einstein was also dyslexic, and my son's dyslexic. So uh, we, we're big fans of uh, Albert Einstein in our household. Then um, I really love this quote, uh, especially the part about I'm only passionately curious. Because when I think about analytics and how you get to take advantage of that to find insight, to, to drive understanding and really deliver outcomes. It really starts with being curious. And uh, I came across an example recently where I was, I was talking to a customer at Mercy Health and they had a, a project underway where they were looking at how they could reduce costs across the organization. And they found there was one surgery, this orthopedic surgery, where some costs of the surgery were twice as much as others because there was one particular ingredient, the medical cement, that costs more. And so they started looking at, at this problem and saying, well, why would that be? And they went to the surgeons and said, well, why in this surgery is this ingredient costing twice as much as in these other surgeries? Is it because of the, you know, the limb that, that they're assessing? Is it because of the patient and their characteristics? And they said, no, there's, there shouldn't be anything like that that's causing this variation. And it wasn't until they went into the operating room and they found the answer to the question. And it turned out that the reason the surgery was costing more in one surgery than the other was the size of the bowl that they were mixing the cement in. So I just love being passionately curious and and finding those really interesting insights that can help to improve the business or improve an outcome. Wow, it sounds like the plot for an investigative show like NCIS or one of those. (laughs) It is a little bit like that with analytics. It's fun. It was the size of the bowl. You have to, in scientific method, right, you have to explore every single variable down to probably the shoes that, that the technician used when he or she walked into the room and what kind of mask and the temperature, the humidity, the age of the pay. Oh, my goodness gracious. Very, very interesting. Thank you, Jane. I'm, I'm so intrigued with the quotes the three of you sent. So let's find out a little more about our three esteemed panelists. Saj Usman, you're up first. We're going to go to the personal part of the show called What's in Your Cup Today? I'd like to know where you're calling from and what are you drinking right now if it makes you happy? If not, what would you rather be drinking? Saj? <laughs> well, what makes me happy, I suppose, is somewhat situational. Uh, so I live up in Boston, um, and anybody watching uh, from the area or watching the weather uh, knows we've gotten hit by a couple of storms. So I was out oh, yeah. shoveling this morning, came back in, and the first thing I grab when I do that is a hot chocolate. 
um, that that just that that kind of warms me up, gets me re-going. I'm not a big coffee drinker, uh, and so uh, so so my go-to is a hot chocolate. And if I need a little shot of uh, sugar or pick me up, you throw a little bit of cream on there. Oh my goodness! Okay, tell me, do you make this hot chocolate from scratch, or does it come out a little packet, a little powder with a little water, or how do you it, do it? It it, it comes out of uh, one of the Keurigs which actually bothers oh. me a little bit. The people that run, that, that, that sell Keurig and stack them on shelves, I tell you, you could do a little analytics of their own because my kids go through it like water. I go through it. A lot of people I know do, but we can, sometimes you just can't find it in the store. They pack 4,000 types of coffee and no hot chocolate. They need a couple of IoT sensors in everybody's <laughs> machines to say, Saj Usman's family just went through 12,000 packets of hot chocolate. Damn it, stock the next three stores in Boston within his self-driving car's range. That's what we're going to do for you. We're going to, on our next show about, about AI and about IoT, we're going to talk about you. Thank you, Saj. Very charming. And let's now talk to uh, Bruce H. Your H is back. Let's talk to Bruce H. Rogers. Bruce, where are you and what are you drinking today or what would you rather be drinking? So I am in beautiful downtown Jersey City, New Jersey. <laughs> and it's a great You're talking to a Long Islander. I, I know what you're talking about. Okay, go ahead. Um, so I am drinking Dunkin' Donuts coffee. I am a Dunkin' Donuts fanboy. I love Dunkin' Donuts. Um, and I, I love the fact that... Um, um, that Dunkin' Donuts knows as much about me now that I know about them. And they, they built a great app and they create an incredible loyal fan base through their coffee. Mm, okay. And what, what flavor are you drinking? It's just straight, it's the Dunkin' Donuts flavor. No, no added, <laughs> no extra. Coffee should taste like coffee. <laughs> it's the brand's brand. I appreciate that, Bruce. I thought maybe they put a little a little whipped cream heart on it for Valentine's Day for you, but uh, Saj would be the one. Not. Saj would be the one to have the whipped cream heart if he wants a little sugar kick on his hot chocolate. Thank you very much. Jane Landry, where are you calling from? And I have to ask your accent. Absolutely charming. Where are you from and what are you drinking? Yeah, well, I'm uh, calling from Vancouver, British Columbia, which is a uh, home for me these days. But yes, you may have noticed I still am working on my Canadian accent. I'm actually originally from New Zealand, and uh, I've been in Canada now for about 16 years. And uh, Vancouver is a big coffee culture, and uh, today I'm drinking a Salt Spring coffee. Uh, the coffee originated in Salt Spring Island, which they do still have a small roaster there, but they've now expanded, and they're also on the mainland here. So uh, it's a, if you ever get a chance to come out to British Columbia, Salt Spring Island is a beautiful place to go. Oh, my goodness gracious. I just looked up Salt Spring Coffee, and I found on Yelp uh, there's a place, and the per- whoever reviewed it said it's the only decent coffee, if any, in the area. Salt Spring Coffee on Wikipedia. It's a business that produces roasted coffee beans and operates several cafes. Founded in 1996 by Mickey McLeod and his wife, Robin. We'll just leave it at that. Sounds very interesting. And you can actually buy the coffee. Yes, yes, yes. Salt Spring Island. Thank you, Jane. Very interesting. Well, they don't allow me to have 
anything with caffeine on radio show days, and the three of you are new to me, and you probably already figured out why. So all I have is a cool, clear mug with cool, clear water from a Brita filter, and I have an orange straw because, like our other panelists who are here in the in the eastern part of the United States, uh, Saj, you said you're in Boston, and Bruce is in beautiful Jersey City. Well, I'm on beautiful North Shore of Long Island, and the sky is just lightening up. We did not get another snowfall. I think you got it instead, Saj, and I'm so sorry about that. We watched on TV and said, lucky it wasn't us. But we had about a good 8 to 10 inches uh, over the weekend, so we, we got our share. So I have a, an orange straw, pinky orange straw here in honor of Valentine's Day, sending out the love to everybody who is a fan of Game Changers Radio and to our three panelists for joining us. We're going to take a very quick break, about 90 seconds, and when we come back, we're going to do a deep dive into our topic, Think Globally, Act Locally, Five-Step Formula for Analytics Success. And I'm not sure who's going to kick off. Well, I know that Saj is going to kick off, but we'll see if we can cover those five steps in our conversation because our audience really wants to know. We'll also be talking about a survey coming out soon, and I'll let Saj introduce the concept of the survey to us. It's not out yet, but we will buy and find some interesting information about it. So I'm Bonnie D. Graham. Don't even think of touching that mouse, that app, that dial. You know the drill. Michael out. When it comes to business, you'll find the experts here. Voice America Business Network. An unprecedented pace of change, driven by exciting technology advances like the Internet of Things, is disrupting your industry and every other industry around the globe. Your future business success will be influenced by your ability to understand and harness these innovations and many more. Mobile devices instantaneously connecting the world populations, robotics, 3D printing, and self-driving cars. The sharing economy and ubiquitous global business networks. Reality Check. The future is happening right now. Join us for insights from industry experts on what it all means for your business and your daily life. The Future of the Future with Game Changers is presented by SAP. Visit SAP.com. Listening to the future of the future with Game Changers, presented by SAP. Email your comments and questions to bonnie.d.gram at sap.com. And you're invited to tweet during and after the live show at Twitter hashtag SAPRADIO. Now, let's get back to the future of the future with Game Changers. We are stepping into the future as we speak. We had that conversation with our resident or non-resident but favorite futurist, Gray Scott, on a show last week. I said, when is the future? Is it when I finish in that breath after? That was the future, and now it's the past because that breath already happened. He said, no, we're, we're con- continually stepping into the future. So this is the future of the future with Game Changers. We're talking today with Saj Usman at EY, with Bruce Rogers at Forbes, and with Jane Landry at SAP. Very serious topic. Think globally, act locally, five-step formula for analytics success. And we're going to do our best to cover all five steps. Saj is going to kick off the roundtable with me, and I'm going to read from some of his notes, and then he will relate them to the study that's coming out imminently. Saj says companies are maturing in the strategic use of data and advanced analytics. They're continuing to invest heavily in analytics. And listen to this. Many companies are planning on doubling their investments in these capabilities. Saj, please tell us more. Great. Yeah, thanks, Bonnie. Um, so, 
you know, EY and Forbes um, did some research last year. It was published in Forbes Insights, um, and the findings last year were largely based around uh, the human element of analytics, and this year's uh, research expands upon that. Uh, quite a bit and goes into okay how do you how do you really bring value out of a lot of the d- data and, and analytics work out there and this uh, this report should be coming out in the next few days I believe on Thursday or Friday of this week it should be uh, it should be out and really what we did was we took a look at uh, the um, maturity of various organizations and took a look at what differentiates the the lower performing or less mature uh, entities and the you know the, the more mature entities out there. And what we found was it's really not just about investing more or finding better talent or using the cool tools. Um, It's really about addressing those crucial points um, in between the steps an organization uh, has to go through, uh, moving from identifying a need or an opportunity to generating an insight, understanding what data matters, to uh, actioning those insights, to really measuring the outcomes um, of, of those strategies. And, and we, we liken those connect points to synapses in the brain. Uh, but unlike the brain, uh, organizations have natural boundaries uh, across people, organization, geography, uh, backgrounds, uh, whatever the case, tools even, whatever the case may be. And, uh, you know, as we saw, the human element remains critical to all of this and really thinking about uh, how people engage with the data and the insights. But there's really kind of five key uh, things you need to address. One is around the operating model, really building the underlying models that govern the analytics activities. Uh, what are the structures? What are the governance processes? How do you collaborate? Uh, think about initiative design. Uh, really, what are you going after? What what uh, outcome do you desire uh, to achieve through this uh, through this effort? Uh, competitive differentiation which is really around defining uh, the role you want data and analytics to play in the company and the, you know, what strategy and business model you're going to use to compete. Measuring and learning, qualifying uh, you know, what you're trying to do and, and, and what were the actual outcomes and did you achieve what you expected to. And then uh, what we call intervention design, um, which is really about translating all of the upfront strategy, modeling, methodology into action, making it real and integral part uh, of the business. And so bringing these pieces together is what we saw really start to differentiate uh, at the end of the day who is really more mature and who's, who really had some work, some ways to go. Thank you, Saj. Great introduction. Bruce, love to have you comment on this. Bruce Rogers from Forbes. Yeah, hi. One, it's, um, it's a great honor and privilege to work with uh, our friends at EY on this initiative and research, uh, second year that we've done this. And I think um, the interesting thing is sort of um, – one is the idea that um, data analytics maturity is improving and actually improving uh, nicely, but the but the difference between leading companies and and uh, lagging companies is seems to be uh, increasing. So while it's you know uh, in a sense the the rich are getting richer because they are uh, adept at um, using data and analytics across those, those five aspects of uh, both the business model and activities. So I think it's pretty interesting. And um, the other thing is that when I get a chance to talk to uh, CEOs of uh, leading companies or CMOs or CIOs all around the topic of, 
of data, um, there are still huge challenges out there, even for companies who are at the leading edge of this. And I think and what I hope that this survey will bring to light a bit of a roadmap for how companies can improve their processes and uh, improve their capabilities around data analytics, even for those who are at the leading edge. Thank you. I hear a lot of optimism in there, and and, uh, I think we can tie all this back. Jane, I'm going to bring you in a second, tie all this back to the three opening quotes about needing to learn and needing to study and needing to be curious, and that's why we're talking about this today. Jane Landry, love to get your thoughts on what Saj started and Bruce expanded on. Go ahead, Jane. Yeah, I think one of the interesting things here is there's still so much opportunity in organizations. Even if you look at the leading companies, uh, you know, I work with a number of, of these companies around the world, and there's still only a small number of people within an organization who typically have access to analytics. I think overall it's about 20% of people in an organization today. So there's still, even in the leading companies, opportunities to look at how you can extend analytics out to that other 80% to drive, you know, even more inside and additional value. So, you know, while we've got uh, these leaders today, even those top guys know that they've still got so much more that they could be doing with analytics across the organization. Interesting. How are they going to know what else they can do, Jane? Is this something they're going to learn from listening to a radio conversation like this? Is this something that they're going to see their competitors doing? What will be the impetus for them to say, we have to do more? We need to, do, we need to open our, our minds, take off the blinders, take off the eye shades, and say, we can use it to, to improve our outcomes much more. Jane, where's that energy going to come from? Yeah, I think it's really going to come from looking at starting with the business problems. And where I've seen companies being most successful is when they identify a key business problem that they're trying to solve. And uh, at eBay, they talk about this petri dish approach where they pull together um, people across the organization to start to work on that business problem, just a small group, but really starting to think about how they can solve it and how they can use the data and how they can turn that into insight using analytics to solve that problem. And so they work on that. It's a small project. They get it up and running, and then they think about, okay, let's now move to the next one. Um, and actually, there's a great, one of the things I'm seeing leading companies do is actually take a look at not just one problem, but start to map out a variety of problems and look at which of these problems is going to give us the biggest return from the investment that we put in. And so they actually map out a roadmap of projects that they can tackle over time. Uh, and each one brings in new stakeholders and brings in more and more people into the organization, starts to drive that culture of analytics right across the whole organization. Thank you very much. I'm going to circle back to Saj Usman. Saj, interesting comments from your co-panelists today. Anything you want to add before I move on? Yeah, you, you, the, uh, the, the question on what causes people to take action is, uh, mm-hmm. is a really interesting one. And, you know, if you look at it, there's sort of two types of organizations, organizations that lead and organizations that follow. Um, and, and it's two different drivers that are really going after this. If you're in the leading category, you've probably already started to recognize the, the value of uh, data and analytics in your organization and having a strategy behind it. And you know what you know that it takes a continuous refresh, sort of not relying on yesterday's home runs, I guess. Um, but then 
trailing organizations are looking at this, and they're going to continue to fall further behind. Uh, Bruce mentioned uh, the rich getting richer, the poor getting poorer. Uh, if your competitors are, are outperforming growth um, and seeing 15% or more improvements in operating margins, uh, and you're not doing that, it, it's not sustainable <laughs> at the end of the day. And uh, it, it's going to force you into action one way or the other. Thank you very much. Uh, good conversation to open our roundtable. And now I'm going to move on to Bruce H. Rogers at Forbes. Bruce sent me some very interesting notes here. I'm going to read one, but I'm going to go down to the, the last one, Bruce. First of all, you say digital transformation is the number one agenda for CEOs. Let's just leave that on the table for a second. The one I want to note, and I think it was in Saja's notes also, is don't forget the human element. We've been talking about people and analytics in the same sentence. I don't know if that's uh, eggs and ham or if that's uh, oil and water, but you're saying don't forget the human element. Culture trumps tactics and technology. Business is a people business first and foremost. Crucial skill, understanding how to connect the dots between data sets and analytics initiatives. Bruce, why don't you expand this for us? The human element. I'm very intrigued. Yeah, sure. And that was the main theme of last year's survey. And um, we're, we're seeing that continue through this survey. Um, I, think, I think this year uh, we're pointing to a little more urgency around the need to, to improve your maturity. Um, but the idea that um, the answers are almost invariably in front of people. Most organizations have the data they need to make decisions, but they get in their own way. They have uh, siloed organizations. They have unclear um, missions around data and analytics. They have um, perhaps uh, a varying uh, degrees of technologies that help um, aggregate and connect uh, data sets. And they have perhaps not um, clear leadership from the top of the organization around it. But the organizations that do well get that human element right. They find ways. They have leadership. Uh, they build a culture around using data. They, they have um, mandates and a way of doing business that uh, inculcates uh, the entire organization with the use of data and analytics. And um, in those organizations, uh, data and analytics is, is more like a utility that people access. It's the electricity that runs the company. And um, you, you can't operate without it. You can't, turn, you, know, you can't open the doors to the, to the building without it. So um, I, I, I really think that um, change is hard, um, but change it can't happen with technology alone. It needs to come through organizational transformation, and that can only happen through visionary leadership. Okay, now we've got the leadership word in there. Jane Landry, love to get your thoughts on this, the human element. Yeah, I think this is, a, for me, a, a really key to success. Any successful analytics project is to ensure that people are involved right from the get-go. And we've seen a really interesting shift that's happened over the last few years where business users in departments like finance and HR and marketing 
have got a bit fed up with IT and they're no longer prepared to wait 12 to 18 months for an analytic project to be results and they've gone out and bought their own solutions. And this, while it solves that need for agility for those business users, creates a big problem for the organisation in terms of a, an overall analytic strategy or approach. So it's really important to get this people part right and I, I really agree with Bruce that, that culture is important and I've seen it work really well when that culture comes from the top where you have leaders in the organisation that are advocating uh, and using analytics and then driving that right throughout of the organisation. And I've seen some organisations who've used a carrot and others that have used a stick. Uh, and mm -hmm. a, there's one company that I met in financial services, very highly regulated, and they literally had posters on the wall that said, if you don't use the data, you will go to jail. So that's the stick <laughs> approach. But on the carrot approach... The ultimate carrot. The ultimate stick. Yeah, work really well. Uh, we had another uh, another organisation, and they had created these um, comic book characters. They had Data Man and Analytics Women, and they were the superheroes of the organisation. And they had posters and an email campaign, which was all about these characters and how you could uh, improve and and be a superhero by using the analytics. So for me, I, li I like that uh, carrot approach a little bit more. <laughs> oh, I love, can you imagine? I wonder what the image was on that poster. You know, that there are companies that sell motivational posters. Companies used to have them on the walls of their offices. When I was working in an office, you'd say, motivation, and you'd see somebody rowing a boat with 25 people behind him, you know, and he's a captain in the whistle. Then you'd see something about inspiration, and you weren't sure whether it was inspiration or perspiration or both. All of these images, if they, the stock photos, I'm wondering, <laughs> yes, you'll go to jail if you don't use your analytics. I love I'm sorry, Jane, you really really derailed me on that one. Saj, rescue me. Talk to us. What do you think about what Jane, <laughs> well, it's, Jane it's, observed? It's yeah, it's funny. I think about when you think about uh, you know all this coming from the top, the the, the drive to analytics. I had a uh, very good friend of mine who's a CFO at a, an enterprise nearby, and uh, he always used to say he's made a transition. Uh, he always used to say, as a CFO, predictive analytics would land you in jail, uh, and there was almost a fear of really trying to understand how to look at and use the data differently. Uh, and he personally, in his organization, what he's been able to do to drive top down a change to use use predictive analytics correctly uh, and show value through the organization in terms of their forecasting and planning internally uh, has been has been a complete 180 um, so he's, he's gone from that you know I'm not going to touch it with a 10-foot pole to uh, it's really become uh, bread and butter and part of that utility that that, uh, that Bruce has mentioned and driving that type of culture uh, rewarding and incenting and I suppose punishing periodically uh, but rewarding and incenting that and, and helping people develop the skills, seeking the right talent um, is, is the only way you're really going to end up taking advantage of the strategy and processes that you put in place and tools, of course. Very, very, very interesting. I'm always happy to hear the, the, the digital, the technology side, and then balancing it with real people because it has to come down to people. They're the ones who are using it. You cannot ignore that element. Bruce, what a great topic. I want to let you wrap this one up, and then I'm going to look at Jane's notes and find something new. So Bruce thought Thoughts on this human element discussion we've had, a very lively one. Yeah, I'll just add a quick anecdote. Um, speaking with um, the CEO of a very large telecom business about their use of data and ana analytics, and they actually created a data manifesto. So they uh, have a written policy that um, everyone in, in their leadership team has to sign off on. 
uh, because you know in some ways data is is also power and and so you know sometimes organizations within the company you know want to hoard the data but uh, it, it should be you know as as we've been discussed um, put to use by those who can use it best so that was interesting and the other interesting thing and I'll get back to the survey is that mm-hmm. our survey found that uh, the telecom industry in general uh, is is sort of at the forefront of the of using uh, uh, data and and the, the highest uh, end of the curve for maturity. So maybe we'll get into more of that uh, of the data around the research. But I found that uh, an interesting uh, data point. Very very interesting. Thank you, Bruce and uh, Jane. I'm looking at your notes. I want to. Combine two statements, if you'll allow me, please. The first one and the last one, and see what we can do with these. Number one, you say, it's clear that the effective use of data and analytics is vital for virtually all aspects of large enterprises. And let me jump to the the last one. You say, the pace of business transformation is rapid for most businesses, driven by market insurgents, new customer demands, technology innovation, and other factors. So, Jane, let's talk about the size of the organization, the uh, Data and Analytics Center of Excellence, this move to get people involved, the timing of everything. I know these are all elements in your notes here, Jane. So, what would we say to a not large enterprise? What would we say to a midsize or even a startup in terms of why they should be listening and paying attention and doing it the right way from the get-go. Jane? Mm-hmm. Yeah, uh, organizations of all sizes can really benefit from analytics because what you're looking to do is you know, take advantage of the assets that you have in your organization when it comes to data. And, and really, data can come from anywhere. It can come from within the organization, so your financial uh, records. It can come from your processes around how you work with customers. It can come from things like your supply chain and, and how you're bringing goods into your organization and, and transforming them and, and then shipping them out. So if you think about any aspect of a business, there is data that's being driven there from those processes that you can use to drive inside and and really drive outcomes for the organization. But the other source is now not only within the organization coming from those transactional systems, but also data that's coming from outside of your organization. Uh, With the rise of social media, uh, you've got people that are talking about your products and services. And even as a small company, you can be very active with things like Twitter and Facebook and drive a conversation. And so there's analytics around that, around what's being said and who's doing the talking so that you can understand how people are perceiving your products and services. And by understanding who's doing the talking, who are those key influencers that you may want to build a relationship with who are going to be multipliers for your product and service. And then the third source of data that I think is a really interesting area is around sensor data. So we're seeing sensors being embedded in almost everything these days. Um, Whether you have a consumer product or you're in the business-to-business space, those sensors can be on everything from the products that you're shipping to understand where they're going and and who's using them to the uh, actually movement of your goods from one place to another. Um, and I met a really interesting company. They're a fairly small uh, company that was uh, shipping, they actually do pies, uh, like fruit pies, and uh, they're fro- all frozen pies. And so it was really important that they had the temperature right, those 
tires did not defrost before they got to the store. And so they had sensors on their trucks um, so that could understand where the temperature was in each of the trucks. But they had a problem. They didn't own all their trucks. They're only a fairly small business. And so they were using other companies as well to ship uh, their goods and get them out to the supermarkets. And so what they did is they said to the truck drivers on these other um, companies, hey, if we can put sensors on your trucks, we'll share the information back with you on, you know, how we're doing in terms of the refrigeration. And that was a way they could get, you know, that end-to-end view of what was going on on their business. So, you know, even these small organizations can really get creative and think about how they can use analytics. And then as you do mature, um, putting in that center of excellence within an organization can really just help you bring everything together. And again, it doesn't have to be a big thing. It can be a small group of people, but it's really important that you have collaboration between folks who are on the IT side of things and, and enabling the technology and folks on the business side of things who are using the technology. And in that way, you can really have that governance model and bring folks together to look at how you can use the state and these analytics to drive the business. Fascinating. I, I love the use case, Jane. Very, very interesting. I'm just, my mouth is watering. I'm wondering if I could take uh, Saja's hot chocolate and a little bit of, of your <laughs> yeah. coffee and get one of those fruit pies right now. I didn't have breakfast, so thank you. Very, very interesting. I, I'm, I'm not meaning to, to make fun of it. I thought it was a great example because it's real, it's practical. And would, didn't we talk about the mixing the uh, the surgical cement and the size of the bowl, Jane? You were mentioning that in, in your opening quote, and that's what this is. You have to figure out the way to make all the elements come together for the best possible outcome. Saj, I dropped your name there. That means you're up next. Why don't you talk about what Jane was just mentioning? And it doesn't have to be fruit pies, anything you want. <laughs> well, I, I, you know, there are a couple of interesting things in, in what Jane said uh, there. One of them is, you know, taking those various sources of data uh, I'm really looking about looking at how do you change the experience for your customers, for your employees, for your business partners uh, across the patch. And to be able to do that and certainly be able to do that at scale requires a lot of integration. Um, and just to loop it back to the, to the research and the synapses of the brain, bringing all of those pieces together and thinking about the use of data and analytics across your business functions, across your business units, um, is, uh, is a critical uh, piece of, of being a, a leader in this, uh, in this space. Uh, as part of the research, we did uh, an assessment, a uh, maturity assessment on advanced analytics. And what we found was only 7% um, of, of the respondents really had a, a truly uh, well-established central to business strategy approach to analytics, while many others uh, had ideas and were starting to go there. Uh, but for the most part, analytics was established down inside lines of businesses or inside business functions. And to do to do what Jane was saying in that in that case study, uh, it requires you to really think about those capabilities across the enterprise and across business functions. Uh, and, and that's where you see some real opportunity for people that are coming up the curb and real differentiation uh, for people that are there. Thank you very much. Saj, before I bring Bruce into this, my question earlier was, how do they become aware? Is it one department says to another, hey, we got the really coolest analytics, and you won't believe what we learned about our customers and about our <laughs> supply chain. Another one says, duh, you do? I mean, is it going to be the human element, the very human, is it going to be that simple where a department to department say, we want it too? Or is it going to be learning about a, a major coup by a competitor and saying, how did they do that? 
They have well, analytics. It, 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 all, it all comes back to, I believe Bruce was talking about, uh, coming from the top. Uh, it, it really has to be part of the business strategy, uh, and it's leadership that's really taking that. You can identify opportunities at the grassroots, but really being able to instantiate and industrialize uh, those ideas uh, and be able to take advantage of them uh, you know, re- requires that strong leadership from the top. Uh, I, otherwise, it's, it's very difficult to sustain. Um, so the, the grassroots is where a lot of good innovation and ideas come from, but capturing that, harnessing it, and enabling it is where the trick comes in. Yeah, indeed it is. And Bruce Rogers, we were talking about you, so I'm going to ask you, what are your thoughts on this getting analytics to be mature and well-established across the company? Leadership or not, where does it come from? Yeah, as I said, it's a combination of things, right? There has to be a vision at the top um, and that uh, supports and provides the resources for the organization to do it. But on the other hand, you know, for most parts of the organization and the people who benefit most from it, they're not going to be the PhDs in statistics in the organization. They're, they're frontline business people, they're customer care representatives, they're sales people, they're marketing uh, practitioners, um, they're, you know, people conducting external audits within the company or, or, or maximizing their... their um, uh, cash flow. So it, 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 there are opportunities um, to, to really drive data and analytics throughout all those uh, functions within the organization, but there has to be win, um, examples of, of win cases, right? So you, you celebrate uh, wins within the organization, and then I think people start to, um, you personalize it. You, you, when you use data and analytics to do your job better, to be better, to advance your career, to do the things that make people want to come to work every day and make your work better, make your work easier using data and analytics, that, that's when it starts to really take hold throughout the organization and it starts to uh, feed on itself as a, a winning way to conduct business. Is there an element, I'll throw this question out to the whole panel because we're just about one minute away from our crystal ball predictions round. Is there an element of excitement in embracing analytics, having that data and analytics center of excellence, having the vision from the top trickle down or, or, or immerse everybody, bring them all up to that level of this will be good for our business, this will be good for our culture, this will be good for our ability to compete and grow and survive. Is there any excitement in that? Like, aha, we discovered gold. Uh, Bruce, let me ask you that quickly yeah I think so I, uh, I as I said um, it, it's hard to get excited about advanced statistical analysis but it's pretty easy to get excited about business wins and when you connect those two I think uh, everyone in the organization uh, starts to get on board faster thank you Jane this was your topic what do you think about what your colleagues said on the panel yeah, it's really interesting. I was in um, Australia and New Zealand last week for a couple of customer advisory councils, and one of the customers shared a recent success story that, that they had had, and they're in the beer industry, and there's a big movement in craft beer right now. And one of the aha moments for them was they were looking at that craft beer market, and they actually found that the leading um, sellers were selling their beer and th- 
330ml bottles, I'm not sure what that is in ounces, fluid ounces, but 330ml bottles and six packs, and all their bottles were 750ml. So they realised they just totally missed the market with what they were doing. So, you know, you hear about these aha moments, and it's, uh, that for mm-hmm. me is, is the icing on the cake with analytics. I think we need to do a show on analytics, the aha moments. I think that we'll just come and sit around and talk about use cases and wins. I love it. Jane, thank you very much. Saj Usman, you're up first. Crystal ball predictions round. I'm keen on 2020. It's not that far away. Somebody told me three more New Year's Eves and we're there. OMG, what will we be drinking? Saj Usman, EY, it's been terrific talking with you now. Why don't you wow us with a 60-second prediction on what the future of this topic will be in 2020. Go ahead, Saj. Well, we We've talked a lot about the human element. We've talked a lot about uh, the organization and the, the, you know, how to bring all these pieces together. And at the end of the day, it's all about the talent. Uh, I, I believe the war for talent will remain, but we will also see it change dramatically. The democratization of analytics or consumerization of analytics put in, put in power in everybody's hands. Uh, I've got four children ranging from uh, high school up through uh, the later stages of college. Every single one of them knows the topic. Uh, every single one of them is studying it in school in one way, shape, or form. Our colleges are uh, really picking up the mantle here, uh, introducing majors, etc. So I think we're going to see a completely new, fresh batch of talent coming out of schools, which is only going to change the game in more and interesting ways as they just come out, as they just come into the workforce thinking analytics. Um, and that's, that's just going to change the game tremendously across the patch for those that can harness it. Thank you. Very eloquent. Bruce Rogers, you're up next. 60 seconds. Predictions go. Yeah, so uh, a little bit in, in what Saj said, but uh, again, as I said, it, uh, the effective use of data and analytics will, will continue and only um, accelerate uh, in the years to come as the defining characteristic of winning companies. Now, here's something to think about, and part of our research is a bit of a wake-up call, as we talked about, um, as, the, as the winners are moving ahead faster than the rest of uh, the or- rest of the other organizations. But as we know, much of business is tilting uh, to the east. Um, China is a powerhouse in many respects uh, as a growing economy, and their, uh, their economy is leading. Chinese companies are leaders against other countries in terms of data and analytics. So I think um, it could be... Um, a defining aspect of competition both at the individual company level and uh, for economies around the world. Thank you very much, Bruce H. Rogers. The initial is back. Jane Landry. Jane, do you have a middle initial I should be using? (laughs) (laughs) The letter M for Maria. M for Maria. That's lovely. So, Jane M. Landry. Saj, I'll get back to you in a second. Jane, 60 seconds predictions. We're running short. Go ahead. Yeah, on the technology side of things, I think one of the most interesting technologies is predictive uh, and machine learning. And, you know, predictive capabilities have traditionally been in the hands of data scientists, if you're lucky enough to find one or have one in your organization. But we're now seeing these technologies be embedded in a broader set of analytics tools, which makes them available for business users. And it's really 
done with the business user in mind. So based on my historical data, show me where the outliers are. Show me what's likely to happen next. And I think if we can bring those capabilities and leverage this technology, it's really going to open up uh, a lot of possibilities for all of us in terms of optimizing business process and, and really driving business outcomes forward. So very exciting area. It is a very exciting. I'm always happy to take a topic like data analytics and add the word exciting because we do have listeners all over the world and, and some of them are probably very young. There might be some entrepreneurs who are dreaming of becoming serial entrepreneurs and they have to say, yeah, this is exciting. It's empowering. I have a future ahead of me and wow, look at all the great technology and initiatives that are available to me. So when we use the word exciting and inspiring, I think we're doing a service to everybody around the world. And Saj, do you have a middle initial? Tell me fast. Uh, no, I do not. My parents said I was unique enough. <laughs> Indeed you are. We'll ask your children about that. I'm Bonnie DeGrave. It's been such a pleasure talking about, oh my goodness, analytics success. We actually had fun doing it. That's what we do here on Game Changers. We humanize the business topic. Saj Usman at EY, such a pleasure. Bruce H. Rogers at Forbes, delighted to have you on board. And Jane M. Landry, thank you so much. Shout out to you in Canada. Your PM was here the other day and looking very, very good on all the newscasts. What can I say? I'll be back in one hour with a new episode of Startup Focus with Game Changers. We'll be talking about AI and customer service. You don't need to offshore your customer service reps anymore if you have well-trained AI. Think chatbots, think robots. Oh my, who's answering the phone and what are they saying to your customers? Maybe you won't need customer service if you do it right in the first place, but I digress. Saj, Bruce, and Jane, been a pleasure. Happy Valentine's Day to all of you. And shout out to Susan Walker and Brad Borkin at SAP for sponsoring this series and a shout out to Lisa Chalmers for always helping us with these series. Michael and the Business Channel team, hugs, and here's my call to action. Fasten your seatbelt. What are you waiting for? Go out and, I don't know, buy flowers and candy and perfume or cook a good dinner, but be sure to be a game changer today. Signing off for now. Bye-bye. Thanks again for tuning in to the Future of the Future with Game Changers, presented by SAP. The best-run businesses run SAP. To keep the conversation going, tweet your questions and comments to Twitter hashtag SAPRADIO. Please join host Bonnie D. Graham again Tuesdays at 7 a.m. Pacific Time, 10 a.m. Eastern Time on the Business Channel. We wish you a positively game-changing week.